0: very simple um, one of the things especially if you're gonna we'll get into this a little bit more um, as as we go but what you confess out of your mouth is so vitally important to the point to the to the point that james says that a little rudder like your tongue It'll change the whole direction. It'll literally even it'll even change your body, the direction of the ship. And what you're gonna find is we're gonna dive into the DHT more and into the scriptures. James says it this way: how can bitter water and sweet water come out of the same fountain? And so what you're gonna find is that how you speak. As far as the word of God or not the word of God in your mouth is going to be vital Especially if you're coming here and you're you're dealing with sickness and disease or, or, or anything else And one of the greatest pieces of advice someone asked me or you know when I was telling them early on and uh, And I said, you know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some success I'm getting some wins out there as far as out in the street ministering and I said, you know, man I just um, but I just can't break this. You know, it's just like headaches and back pains and ankles and. And they told me they said, "Well, let me ask you a question. Do you when you tell someone you're going to be there at ten, are you there on time?" Hmm. <laughs> so so, <laughs> you, you know, I'm always on Mexican time, <laughs> you, you know, uh, you know. Or do you keep your word? You know, and he would just kind of ask me these these simple things like. You know, little things. Do you, you know, if you put a schedule in your own calendar, do you keep your word to yourself? And I said, well, I, I I don't pay attention. I think so. And he said, you should. And I said, well, why? He said, because if you don't believe you, why would a devil believe you? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. See, here's the thing with divine healing. That most people separate it for some odd reason. Divine healing is spiritual warfare. I'll give you a perfect example. Because I honestly, I was fully expecting this. Look around you. How many empty chairs we got? I'm, I'm being honest. I was fully expecting this, you know. When when all of our DHTs, when we met a couple Sundays ago, and uh, you, you know, when we met a couple Sundays then when we were here, what did I tell? You? We were getting into spiritual warfare. Come on in. Remember, we we're we were, we we're getting into what is that one? The mind mm-hmm. renewal. Oh, that one. that yeah. And and so when we were when you're getting when we were getting into even just just the last Sunday I told them I said watch moving forward watch moving forward what see a lot of the times hey, Deborah, a lot of the times we think of spiritual warfare and we think of, of ghosts and goblins and we think of stuff appearing and everything else and you know the you know uh, Satan you know appearing at the edge of your bed and saying to you you're not going to go today. Or I'm going to torment you today, or all, all this stuff. No, because here's the thing. Paul talks about in Ephesians five, uh, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in heaven, in high places. Right. He mentions four things. It's interesting that when the fivefold ministry is mentioned, right, apostles, prophets evangelists. What we would say in the Greek, pastor, teacher. Just a, I'm just saying, for out of the five they call it fivefold ministry, but it's four, four things, four things that that the church has in levels of internal authority, four things that the spiritual realm and the darkness have in their internal authority, and so, but in all of that, when you read the book of Acts, you know what you don't find. You'll never find Peter or Paul. Saying, and I seen a devil. I, or I, I, you know, this happened, or that happened. No, you know what you you know what you find? Human beings stoning him. You know what you find? Circumstances happening that are out of the ordinary. Storms happening taking place, vipers coming out of you know, wood, all these different circumstances and situations. And so we did a quick acknowledging what is in you because in Philemon, this is what it says. Philemon 1, go to verse uh, 5. Actually, yeah, we'll read 5 and 6. What it's just one chapter. Oh. Philemon, yeah, Philemon 1, 1 5 and 6. It says, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all of the saints that the sharing of your faith may become effective. Who wants their faith to become effective? Okay, he's about to tell you how. You want your faith to be effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You want your faith to be effective? You want to minister to those that are around you? You want to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils? You know what most people would say? Go fast and pray. I'm not saying fasting and praying is a bad thing. It's a good thing. But you know what? Fasting and praying, we're going to get into this today, doesn't make you more spiritual. He says you want your faith to be effective? Acknowledge the truth of who you are in him and what you have now become. Speak it out. Say it about you. Why? Because he says it about you. So a very important aspect in this, what's coming out of your mouth? If negativity is coming out of your mouth, and then all of a sudden you want to go lay hands on the sick, it don't work like that. Well, I'll say this. Somebody might get healed, but it's probably not because of your faith. See, I I, I want to be able to minister to the sick and know that I was a participant in that. I want to be able to have that in my life that I can I can be secure to rest upon, to grow in. And this is where, see, some people who are coming, and this is every time, any in anything, anything, but some people, some, some people who are coming are coming to go because I'm sick. I want to know how to get, I want to know how to no longer be sick. That's fine. And we're going to teach you. You're going to learn how to, how to, how to not no longer be sick. You're going to learn how to operate in healing. And you're going to be able to minister to yourself and, and some to others. But you're not going to do much with it. Well, you're going you're, you're gonna to live like this. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. You're going to live this way. Why? Because you will reap what you sow. If you sow into other people, what will you reap? See, here's the principle in Genesis. Every seed reproduces of its own kind. So I can't sow a $1,000 to reap a healing of a cancer. Don't work like that. So all of the lying people that are on television that tell you that, they're liars. And I hope... If you go to a church that says that, they're lying and leave. Run, Run please. Now, I'm not saying don't give financially and support. I'm not talking about that. But I'm saying if they're saying, Randy, if you if you sow five hundred, if you if you sow ninety one dollars because I, I felt Psalms ninety one, you know, no, that's garbage. They're liars. They've got devil's Leave, Get out of there. You ain't got time for them. That's the truth. Now, but you will reap what you sow. If you want financial blessings and you want to see growth, then have faith in giving and you'll reap of that as well. This is how this works. So if you want to to see stability in health, it has nothing to do that God's given it to you. We're going to outline this. He He already gave it to you. But if you want to see not just healing, but divine health, it's going to take for you to sow in ministering to people. Why? Because does that mean that God's going to give it to you? No, it has nothing to do with that. You know what it has to do with? It has to do with your faith and confidence in the fact that it does work. So if it works for everyone else, why wouldn't it work for me? And that means consistency, frequency, repetition. That means to be able to do it over and over again until it just becomes a part of you. You know, today I got a call from a young lady and uh she came uh, she hasn't been here in a while. Um I don't know, you might have been here Deborah when, when we when we ministered to you, you. I don't know if you were here Deanna She had epilepsy. Oh yeah, with oh, her dad She's, here. Yeah, here. Oh, she she was
1: 19 year, dad, right? she was
0: 19 years old. Yeah. I yeah. Young girl, no longer has epilepsy. She hasn't had seizures oh, wow. <laughs> She hasn't had seizures in I don't even know how long. Yeah, yes. So, no longer has epilepsy. She contacted me today. She was able to go to Bible college. She's living in a dorm. She's living, in, you know, all this stuff. And so she contacted me and said, I'm praying for one of my coworkers. And she's got severe neck pain and shoulder pain. She fell. And uh, would you minister to her? Now, we have a, a good relationship, so we talk all the time. And so as people are starting to, like, let's say, let's say, Randy, you and I moving forward from out beyond this class and we, we end up and you're, you're out there and you're ministering to people and you're calling going, Hey, this is what happened, man. I had a victory. This man, this happened. God did this. God did this, but man, I'm kind of hitting the wall here and we'll walk through some stuff, right? But there's always going to come a point in time. Where as you're asking me questions, I'm going to stretch you too. Because this is how this works. It's called coaching. <laughs> that, that's that's my job is to coach you there, to get you there. And so she called me and she said, you know, I, I minister, you know um, she's in a lot of pain. Would you, you know, would you minister to her? So then my text back, notice how I worded it. Not knowing anything of the story, I just said, I said, I, I asked her, I said, well, tell me about what happened when you ministered to, to her and how did that go? Because I'm assuming you're laying hands on this person and you're not just coming to me. Right? Because then that makes someone more special. And what we're here to learn is nobody's more special. This is about jesus and the price that he paid and the holy spirit that lives inside of you that's what this is about there is no special people in that way okay and so her and then her response was i've ministered to her over and over since yesterday she says her the pain has gone down a little bit but she has no mobility to her neck this is at 9 45 roughly 9 30 in the morning I said, okay. I said, well, I'll tell you what. Call, continue to minister to her. She's a coworker. Continue to minister to her again. Call me or text me at noontime because she'll, she'll be fine. I forgot all about it. I'm working. I get a text. In a, I get a screenshot on the text today. And she said, and so, so it shows the time. It's like 1232. And She sends the text and said, hey, how are you doing? How is the pain and can you move your neck? Well, actually, no, she said, how is your pain? And the girl said, "Uh, I I don't have any pain, but I haven't been able to. And then there's a stop. And then there's the next text. I just moved it fully right now. (laughs) So, So she texts me this. And she goes, "How did you know it would happen at noontime?" I said, "I didn't." I said, "You got to understand how this works." What was that? You spoke it. See, I spoke it. God backed it up. Mm. See, this is this is how. Okay, let me. I'll throw an Old Testament story for you. Okay, here's the spies who go into the city of Jericho. They go in, and they're trying to find out what's going on, and a little lady by the name of what? Anybody remember the story? Rahab. Rahab goes finds them. She's not a good Christian woman, okay. But Rahab finds them, hides in her house, which that's a whole nother sermon, right? Is is the way the, the way the perception would be of of these godly Hebrew men would have gone in. So they go in, and all of this, and then because she saves them, protects them, what do they say? uh, uh, Put out a scarlet rag outside the window. So we will know, so that way when we come in, they won't hurt you. Stay indoors. Did God tell them to say that? Or did they just say that? They just said it. And then what happened after they circled, you know, once every day, and for thir- and then on the last time they circled it seven times. What happened? Everything fell except her apartment. God never told them to say that. And yet, what did God do? I'll honor what you said. So if they did it, what about us that are part of the new covenant? What about understanding all of the, acknowledging all of those things that are in us? See, healing is part of spiritual warfare. I was never, we counted yet, I think last week when we had 27, 28 people. That's great. It's wonderful. Did I, I was hoping, yeah, I was hoping that everybody would make it with full anticipation. But I also know this well enough to know. That once truth starts being dispersed and faith starts kind of rising. You know what the devil does? How much do you believe it? He comes and distracts. He's gonna distract you. Overwhelm you. Over any All kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. You know, and, and it's gonna be anything. It can be frustrating, it can be through work, it can be through spouses, it can be through animals, it can be through whatever, you know, and, and all these different things. The enemy is going he does he's not going to just sit back and let you go and just go, geez, man. Man, I thought I had him, but I guess not. Well, oh well. He's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. I want to. I want to read something real quick. In Matthew, Matthew chapter five, verse thirteen. This is at the baptism of Jesus. Okay. This is why when you're reading your Bible, read it slow. Take your time. Don't rush. Because if you rush, you're going to miss very important statements. And what happens is, if you don't catch the little things, you will miss the things that other ministries will tell you that will set you off just by one degree. Okay. See, because we always, what is, this is our authority. Had nothing to do with Brother Curry. Had nothing to do with J.J.L.M. it has to do with Scripture. This is our authority. If it's here, ain't no arguing it. There's no arguing it. And not just if it's here, if it makes sense and it lines up with Scripture. Not just a, bl- not just a one-time statement. Okay. Matthew 4, 5, 13 says this. That Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming and you are coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold the what? does it say? The heavens were opened to him. That is Matthew for uh three
1: sixteen.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I was
1: like three four. Three sixteen? Three
0: sixteen. It says the heavens were opened to him. The heavens were opened to him. All of this garbage. Of praying for the heavens to open for you is a lie, because when he came, they opened, and guess what? They've never closed since. The heavens were opened. What's on audio? You can. The heavens were opened. They never closed again. That's right. So all of this stuff of of opened and closed heavens, all of this stuff that you got to pray to have access into it lies. You were given access through Christ. Will you access what you have access for? That is why we're here. You don't need an open heaven. You need to be born again because He already opened it for you.
1: It's almost like what Jacob saw the
0: ladder to heaven and he hmm? ascended and descended. Yeah, a, a, a prophetic view. of What would ultimately be that Christ would come, and as we are as we are seated with Him in heavenly places. And then yet Paul says we are co-laborers with him, co-heirs. So we are seated with him and we're working here. He is seated with us and working through us here. Because it would be really weird if Randy's head was in the attic space above and his body below. But yet we have no problem cutting Jesus's head off from the body and assuming the head is in heaven and his body is here. We have the here's the problem. The church preaches a decapitated gospel. That's why it doesn't work. Hmm? That's why it doesn't work. That's why we still struggle. That's why we have a hard time to believe. That's why we're always double minded in a lot of and it just kind of going the back and forth because we can't understand how him in heaven and we're here. How's the connection? Well, the connection is it's all connected when you're born again. Problem is, when we're talking about acknowledging what is in you, what do we say? For your faith to be effective, acknowledge everything that's in you. Mm -hmm. That's the key. You want to know why this is going to work? This is going to, this works because of that. That's what makes this work. It's not information. It's transformation. It's it's completely different. We're on page from on ours babe 33 okay uh, section four why did Jesus heal
2: why
1: did
0: Jesus heal I want to show you something else with compassion that's here. Okay, Jesus didn't heal to prove he was God. Because then obviously we heard brother Curry in the video, if if Jesus healed to prove he was God, then the disciples were God. Or the guy that they that we don't even know his name. Yeah, or the 70 were God. Well, how about the guy that, that the disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, this dude over here, he's over here, you know, healing the sick, and casting out devils and he's not with, he's not a part of our life team. And Jesus goes, well, <laughs> leave him alone, let him be. You know, if he's not against us, he's for us. Well, then that would mean that he was God. Me home. Then, And that's but he didn't heal to prove he was God. I mean, that's not how that worked. He healed out of compassion. He did not function. And man, this is huge. you gotta, you got to get this. Somebody go to Philippians 2, verse 5. Find it and then be willing to read it. But Jesus did not function as God on the earth. This is huge because this is where if you're in a Sunday sermon and you're hearing somebody minister the word and they're saying, you got to live holy. you got to live righteous. I mean, I know you're going to fail. I know you're going to make. I mean, we're not Jesus. This is where the lie is subtly placed right in front of you when scripture says something very different. Who's got Philippians 2 verse 5? Somebody? Oh. Go ahead.
2: Your relationship to one another have the same
0: mindset. Okay. So he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What about verse, now somebody continue. Verse 6. Who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God. Okay.
1: Continue. But made himself of no reputation, taking form of a bond servant, Continue.
0: All the way to 11 And being found in appearance as a man,
1: he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That is, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow for those in heaven and those on earth, and those underneath the earth, under the earth. And that every tongue should confess.
0: That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Okay. It says Jesus did not come with all of his God stuff. Somebody go to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. If you have it in, in the New King James or the ESV, I'm more familiar with that translation. Acts ten thirty eight. Somebody has it. Read it.
1: I have it in the ASV. Go ahead. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him.
0: Okay. Book book bookend statements here. So it didn't say that Jesus came down in all of His glory as God as as He did in the heavens, separate and completely different than all of humanity. That's not what it said. It said He was anointed of the Holy Spirit and power. Okay, isn't that what Jesus said that we would need? Acts one eight. That you would receive power after that the Holy Ghost would come upon you? And then you shall be martyrs in me? In Judea, Samaria, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost part of the earth? So he said, you're going to get the Holy Ghost, and you're going to have power. It says in Acts 10.38 that Jesus gave had authority through the Spirit and power. He was anointed of God. With the Holy Ghost and power doing doing good well what what was the good he did having compassion healing the sick raising the dead casting out devils cleansing the leper right so how did Jesus do it by the spirit because God was with him what was one of the names in the New Testament that Luke says, and his name shall be called. any, any We have it for Christmas all the time. Amen. Which means. Amen. So then that means the same thing that Jesus had. We have. Because God was with us. Or is with us. So then that means there's no excuse. Now, you, you, yes. Now, I read in a book here a while back, can't remember when I try to read so
3: many, um, but this guy, he was talking about Jesus, born like us, human flesh, which raised like us. And it wasn't until, like you said, he got baptized and filled with the Spirit and the power. He said, what people don't get is they look at Jesus, not that he's not very special, but he's, you know, special than us but when in reality which I never knew this he only listened to the Holy Spirit the Father would tell the Holy Spirit what to tell Jesus so like he's walking down the road and God wanted a man healed the Holy Spirit would tell him to go and touch that man to heal him he never did anything without the Father and the Spirit working with him which made it more I don't want to say that's us
0: how we're supposed to not that he I would say I would agree with most of that statement um, yes he walked in full alignment of in the fullness of the spirit the scripture says but we never find that God told him to heal this person that's not mentioned one time in all of scripture because it was through the well, and he gives us what he here's this is what I, this is what, what I would say. Let's say whoever made that statement where I would disagree with their statement. They're they're putting in this through the back door, this this statement of but you got to have the spirit tell you. When all it says and let, let's go to let's go to the scripture here. OK, in Matthew nine, nine thirty five. It says then Jesus went, went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, see like the whoever made that statement, when he saw the multitude, the spirit moved him to heal the sick. That's not what it says. It says he was moved with compassion. Okay, so I've got the Greek definition here. I wrote it down for the word compassion. It's number 4697 in the Strong's Concordance. Twelve times it uses the word compassion. And here's the definition to have your bowels yearn figuratively. The inward parts indicating the breast or the heart as the seat of emotion and passions. In the New Testament, of the gentler emotions as compassion, tender affection, indicating the mind, the soul, and the inner man. This is what it's saying. You and I would make this type of a statement. I was watching the 10 o'clock news. Did you see what they did, what somebody did to that little baby? It turned my stomach. But that no, as an, I'm using it as an example. I
1: you
0: TV. Definitely not the news. But see, have you ever that, that makes a a, a, a statement we, that's a statement that we would we've heard or we've experienced that turned my stomach. Couldn't believe they did that. This word, 12 times. What it means is Jesus looked and it turned his stomach. The reason why I'm making that statement, because when we make that statement say, what's the spirit? No, here's, here's here's the reality. Jesus felt what we should feel when we're fully aligned with God. It turned his stomach. That's what this word compassion means right here.
1: Does he say also should
0: bear each other's burdens? Yeah, and and now here's another one. This one's used twice. It's not used as often. It's not used in this text. Sixteen fifty three in the Strong's Concordance, and this one means to implying or not merely a feeling for the misfortunes of others involving sympathy but also an active desire to remove those miseries. So sometimes it's that gut-wrenching feeling and the other times is going, oh no, I'm changing that. And then going and changing it. So when Jesus had compassion, that's the definition of of that word two different times. So now let's put that in context. Right here, it was gut-wrenching for him. He was moved with, and I'll use it, his boughs were yearning on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. He says to the disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. Okay? Now catch this. So his, his stomach turns because the people are sick and oppressed by the devil. He sees them scattered abroad. His next statement is to the disciples, pray for somebody to have the compassion to go and change this situation. Okay? Remember, I told you when you're reading your Bible, take out the chapters and verses. Because the next verse says, And when he called unto him the 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and manner of diseases. Why is that important? Here's the reality. Because Jesus had compassion, Jesus said, all right, you 12 jokers that haven't figured it out yet, I'm giving you authority to go. And see, we look, at, we look at ministry and go, oh, they got it together. That's why they're able to do that. No, here's the reality. They're able to do that because Jesus had compassion. So he uses people that might not be ready, and it's okay. Because it has nothing to do with their ability. It has to do that Jesus goes, man, the world is really messed up, so I'm going to use who I have. And who's that? Us. So it has nothing to do that they perfected it. had nothing to do that they were special people. No, they weren't special people because he had compassion. He said, through me, you can do it. Go. It's that simple. So when you go, well, I don't know if I'm ready. Or I don't know if I have enough faith. This is what you're saying. and the, here, here's Hear me, hear my heart. When somebody says, I don't know if I have enough faith to do that. This is what you're saying. I don't know if God is trustworthy enough. I don't know if God is trustworthy enough for me to believe him that he'll come through. I know he came through other times, but I'm not sure about this time. That's what we are saying when we go, man, I don't know if I I don't know if I have Oh man, that's cancer. I don't know if I have enough faith to lay hands on on that person why oh feels a headache yeah God's powerful enough but that that devil that I think that devil that sickness might be bigger than God so I, I don't know this is what's being this is what you're saying when you're reacting that way we, we use it oh absolutely well here, here's the deal. If the Holy Spirit didn't tell you to do it, you still have authority to do it. Go do it. Yeah, that's See, like thi- thi- this is what if if, if our old pastor in uh, uh, Tracy, brother uh, Pastor Doug, did this on a Sunday morning one time. And it was it was funny, it was comical, but there was there was just some truth to get past these sacred cows and these lies that we carry in our mind that well I, you know the spirit has to tell me or God has to tell me it's not true that's not true at all the spirit doesn't have to tell you anything he already told you and this is what this is what he did he passed out little circles of fishing lead to everyone in the congregation did everyone get one yeah everyone got one 300 little pieces of lead he said okay Pick it up. Pick up your hand if you got it. Yeah, okay. I got it. Okay, put it in your pocket. Okay, Pastor. Why? Because now when you're out there, you can't say you're not being led. (laughs) (laughs) Go be led. So stop making excuses and go. Why? Because he already told you you can. Why? Because he said through his compassion, that's why they were healed. You know, he, the, 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 it will, ha- if the spirit has to tell you and pick people out, see so this is the, I, I was, I was going to go get a laser, but like, cause uh, this is what it's not. Okay. I'll do this quick two minutes and then we'll take a quick break. This is what it's not. When I'm laying hands on the sick, you ever see like, uh, um. Uh, know an army movie or whatever and they'll you know they have that laser on their gun where a planes coming in right and they'll they'll hit that target and then that's what gets shot you know and and sometimes we we treat that we treat it as if that's if that's laying hands on sick right here god right here this is the one right here this is the one right here go and then the holy ghost comes in drops a bomb and boom they get healed and that's the way it works. That's not how it works. That's not that has not. That's not how this works. It's not targeting them and then waiting for something from heaven to fall because heaven's already been opened. See, you have to get this. We're gonna take a quick break. Do you understand, or better yet, do you believe? There is nothing. You are not waiting for anything to come from heaven. If you believe that, you're going to wait for a long time. And guess what? It's never going to come. Because that means you're not believing what he said. And what he said is simple. That I have given you all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So I'm not waiting for anything. If you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's not coming from heaven into you. When you're praying for somebody to receive the Holy Ghost, it's not something coming from heaven down. That was Pentecost. That was Cornelius and the Gentiles. Because Jesus said, I think it's in John 10. I think it's 10 or 11 maybe. He's at a banquet and he stands up. And he says, for out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And then in parentheses it says, and this he speaks of the Holy Ghost that had not yet come. So out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Why is that important? Because if it's out of your belly, how did it get in there? If it goes here out or here out, how did it get here? You were born again. When you were born again, you were born of the Spirit. So when you were born of the Spirit, when what comes out of you is Spirit. So nothing from heaven is falling, everything is here. Through Him, you have access through Christ. Amen. All right, let's take a quick break. If you need use the restroom. Cool, and then use that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of
3: even if you want to. So I used to do that, and I keep it in a big jug, and there's a lot more. But yeah, mm-hmm. I was doing that forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then uh, I you why know, do they sell them? Money make. They, they think it attracts the hummingbirds the the and stuff, but it, and in fact, this lady, uh, I love her, I can't say, her whole backyard is just great, and she's even got whole hands things go like this, and they come to her, and, and I think mean, just because they know they here. and, uh, but she was talking about the same thing, you know, please don't buy that red dike, you have a Yeah, admissions. she's a beautiful dike, they just
0: in uh, right, right after that scripture, there in Matthew nine, if you go on, if you're on the manual, Matthew fourteen it says that Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude, and again was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Matthew twenty, and they departed from Jericho, and a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. And the multitude rebuked them, because they should, not, they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will you have that I do unto you? They say unto him, Lord, that our eyes be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight. In Mark 1, 40, and there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Jesus Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and said unto him, I will be thou clean. Mark 5, 18-19, and he was come into the ship, and that he had been possessed with the devil, prayed to him that he might be with him. Howbeit, Jesus suffered him not, but said to him, Go to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and had compassion on thee. So Jesus healed the blind, the blind because he had compassion. Jesus healed the leper because he had compassion. Jesus uh, cast out a devil because he had compassion. Jesus healed the multitude because he had compassion. Why is that important? Because the scriptures are giving us the indication of why and how he healed he healed because of compassion So when somebody says well, you can heal the sick because of You know um, The anointing come upon you. I've been there in services I've been part of service and everything else where it's kind of like, you know, they're there and they're ministering and then it's like, okay you know the, 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 the Holy Spirit left. I got to go now. And it's like if the Holy Spirit left, then you ain't, you ain't saved. I don't know what you are. But it's like, oh, the anointing left. Really? Because the New Testament says we have an anointing that abides. Meaning you don't leave. And see, these are, these are religious things. These are things that the church says. These are things that people say to be special. And it's not true. Because if the anointing comes and goes, you know what I call you? Old Testament. Because that's what would happen in the Old Testament. It would come and it would go. New Testament, we have the Holy Spirit that abides. I'm in you, you and in me. and you. It says, Jesus, this is what Jesus says in, in John uh, 17. I'm in the Father, the Father is in me, and I am in you. Or how about, here's a very famous one that I know a lot of us are very familiar with, where it says, therefore, come boldly into the throne of grace, right? You know, that you might find help and grace in the time of need. When does it ever say leave? Why do we just assume it means come in, but there's a back door. You got to go out when it's done. When your request is over, you got to leave. When does it say that? But yet, that's how we think and assume. We assume that, well, we can't stay there too long because we're going to get on God's nerves. And it's just silly religion. Have when somebody said they weren't healed because they
1: have sin in their life? Yeah in the lesson, of was saying that do you not think that somebody in you know, how he healing multitudes mm-hmm. do you not think that they had to in their life of course they did but, but yet he still healed yeah. i was oh. like that's very really good to know you know that that's that's not true at the sacred calendar hmm? yeah
3: Jesus didn't go up to him and say
0: okay
1: before i
3: heal you yeah you yeah. gotta believe in me yeah,
0: be healed.
1: Or even generational curses.
0: Well, because he, here's here's the here's the deal. Okay, do you have to be born again to heal the sick? Yeah. How many say yes? How many say no? How many don't know? Okay. Oh, okay. He's
2: trying
3: to Okay.
0: Well, okay. I would say this: this is why it works on a consistent basis. But could somebody heal the sick that's not born again? Yes. You know why? Because none of the disciples were born again. None of the seventy were born again. None of them that operated in the gospels were born again at all. None of them had the Holy Spirit. But they were given. They were given. Authority and power, like the Old Testament we were talking about, it comes on and comes off. Yeah. Jesus said, "Here it goes." Now, now go. Now you're back. Give me back. Yeah, give some of the name of Jesus. They're laying. Yeah, they're they're healing sick. Yeah, or casting out devils in your name. Yeah. yeah. This is exactly you got. You you beat me by a few seconds, but exactly. <laughs> Exactly, because see, the uh, the disciples and the seventy operated off of delegated authority. Then what was that man using? Now let's read a quick story on that. On that thought. On that. See, this is where this is why it'll it'll come in and stuff will come in, and it's like no 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 no. Just read the Bible. Let the Bible answer itself. Okay, Matthew, here's a sacred cow. Matthew 17:14 through 21. And they were come to the multitude. There came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. This is, uh, for me, it's 35, where it says sacred cow. Okay. For oftentimes he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Let me pause right here real quick. Anybody know, when this happens in Matthew 17, anybody have any idea what was happening right before? If you look if you look in your Bible, it'll probably have a heading. So, and so, if you you want to cheat, I'll give you five seconds. Everyone has phones. See, if you don't have a Bible, won't you won't see the heading on your phone? Okay, well, then i then <laughs> this is what happened Jesus sent them out and the delegate. will the, the before the delegated authority that Jesus sent them out with, they went. Delegated authority, and what did they come back saying? This is easy. This is easy, man. That even the subject, that even the demons are subject unto us. Okay. Does that happen for us today too? Well, yes, and and that that but it was delegated authority that Jesus gave the disciples and the followers of Him, the seventy. Okay, they come back. When it's delegated authority, where does that authority have to go when they came back? Back to him. So then they bring the boy and Jesus is not there. They take him. They said, basically, here's what it is. I went to your church service. I went to your life team. I heard Jesus talking about healing. And he said he trained all of you guys. So here, here you go. And they lay hands on him and nothing happens. And they're confused. Then the disciples, in verse 19, then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said to him, because of your unbelief. Okay. We're going to hit the sacred cow right after, but I just want to make a point here. Jesus gave him delegated authority, then it came back. It would, be the same. it would be something like this. Jesus gave them ability and authority. But the ability, the special gift part, came back to Jesus. The disciples had authority still, if they would have recognized it, to operate from what? Faith. But see, this is, the, this is what happened. In this situation, the disciples confronted this demon-possessed or sick boy. It didn't come easy, and they didn't know how to press in. They didn't know how to operate from faith. Because they got used to operating from gift. They didn't know how to operate from faith. See, sometimes you're going to lay hands on someone. Yeah. So
1: do you think the Lord takes us through that now?
0: I don't think the Lord took them through that at all.
1: Well, walking in gifts, and then into
0: faith. Well, I, I think I think that's I don't think I don't think the, put it this way. I think that happens to us all. I don't think the Lord has anything to do with that. I would say it that way. I I would I would say it 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 depends on what you're doing, how you do it in your in, in your walk. As far as understanding and, and acknowledgement, uh, you know, I love the way Brother Curry puts it. He says, uh, uh, in video five, you'll hear this statement. He says, every human beings are like onions. You're an onion. So if I put a brand new onion right here, you wouldn't smell it. You start peeling that onion more and more and you would go, man, that, uh, man, the, the, man, that's a power, that, the potency of that. Well, it was always there. It was just concealed. So, the more you peel it, the more aroma comes out of it. See, the more you die, the more of Him comes out. Tears come out too. <laughs> See, this is, again, has nothing to do with heaven coming. It has everything to do with how much are you willing to die and allowing Him to come out of you. See, this is the whole key of the new covenant. It has nothing to do with more getting into you. It has everything to do with more coming out of you. Well, I wouldn't even say necessarily. Well, yes and no. Yes and no. Yes, in the sense that it's dying to self. But you're dying to self to be aligned because what we read was the first scripture you read earlier. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So it's getting yourself to die to his word, to his will, so you could operate fully out of yourself. Because what are fruits of the spirit? The first one is love. The last one is self-control. That means faith and obedience must be operated out of your will. If it doesn't operate from your will, it's not faith and obedience. So then we place ourselves in that place by the by the dying of self so we give. Our, so he he makes us new. We give ourselves back to him, and now we're giving we're giving ourselves back to him. So now it's this place of faith and obedience. So how how much faith and obedience do you want to operate from? How much are you willing to die in this situation? They got used to a gift. Sometimes, depending on your experience or understanding, your gift may run out. Smith Wigglesworth said it this way. He said, I lay hands on the sick. And he says, when my faith ends, I've got nine gifts of the spirit to tack on to the end of it. See, sometimes if your faith ends, and let's say, this is going to be a bad example, but I don't know how else to, to say this. Okay. This is a zero, this is a ten. Okay, this is a bad I'm I'm trying to give you an example here, just on, on a board. Let's say your faith goes and you're gonna lay hands on somebody and you had a rough day that day. And by faith, you reached a five in that moment. A 10 is what they need to kill that cancer. But you have confidence of the gifts of the spirit, gift of healing to come in. Well, then the gift of healing, the Holy Spirit might gift you in that moment and you might say healing. But see, this is why for some healing is sporadic. Do you get what I'm saying? It's, It's up and down because it's not consistent. The Bible speaks of Jesus saying he, he walked in the fullness of the Spirit. It doesn't say he want. you'll never find a gift mentioned with Jesus. Because in reality, the gifts, when it talks about them in 1 Corinthians, is not talking about it in a flattering way. Because who was the first Corinthian church that it talks about the gifts to the most about? What were they? Immature. Carnal. See, I mean, I mean, here's, here's a statement that I know we've all heard. I want a church that operates in the gifts. You want a church that only operates in the gifts? Then what you're asking for is an immature church. See, if you have to operate from gifts, then you're not operating from faith. You're operating from gifts. And the reason why the gifts were in operation in 1 Corinthians so heavily is because they needed all the help they could get. Well, no, no, no. First Corinthians, yes. They were, new, yeah, they were a New Testament church. The gift, I'm not saying it in a negative way. I'm not trying to say that. The gifts are there to help you get there. That's why there's gifts of healing. That question. So it's there to help you because you can't get there yet. But as you go through the, the consistency, frequency, and repetition of it, then you don't have to operate from a gift anymore. You can grow up and operate from faith. And then from faith, there's even a higher level. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, where he talks about all of the gifts, and then how does he end it? Let me show you a better way. And then we, see, we, we call it the marriage love chapter. No, it ain't, it's the gift chapter. 1 Corinthians 13 about love is about the gifts. Paul's statement says, let me show you a better way. Then operating from faith, operate from love. Why? Because Jesus had what? And love demonstrated is compassion. Not gifts. He's not, he's not, none of that is mentioned it's not that it's bad I'm not trying to make light of that the, it, it get them healed however they need to okay I am just saying the potential is there for you not to need it and operate from the fullness of Christ in all of your life so you're not up and down see there is a place in him see in your walk with God, guys, you're going to have, there's going to be spiritual warfare. The enemy's going to come, all these different things. You're going to have these moments. But if you learn how to walk this out in faith, it's not going to knock you down for days. It's not gonna, it's not gonna overwhelm you for weeks. It's not gonna get in the middle of your marriage, it's not gonna get in the middle of relationships, it's not gonna get in the middle of circumstances, it's not gonna send you in an emotional mental turmoil, it's not gonna get you to just freak out on your kids or your spouse or your boss or or whatever. There there is a place that you don't have to be there. The problem is. You haven't, you've been taught church, but nobody's taught you how to grow up in him. There's a difference. This is what I'm teaching you. If you go to Hebrews 6, and this amazes so many Christians, Hebrews 6, because if you ever went to a leadership seminar, or a camp or a retreat, and you went and you paid for a Christian retreat on leadership or whatever. If they didn't start here, you wasted your money and you wasted your time. Because this is going to give you the foundation of what you as, let's say, I don't know how long you've been saved, but let's say you just came into the church. And if I, I took $150 of your retreat money, and you spend it a whole weekend to go, right? More than likely, it's probably more than that. Yeah. <laughs> and if they didn't teach you this, then you didn't learn anything, because they didn't have you and they didn't give you anything worthy of uh, other than just maybe business savvy, and then they call it church. Hebrews six says this. Therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary, how many? What does elementary mean? basic so therefore leaving the discussion of the beginnings or elementary or immature or kindergarten principles of Christ Hebrew 6 I didn't write it that's what it says here this is New King James Hebrews chapter 6 it says therefore leaving the discussion of kindergarten principles of Christ Let us go on to perfection, which means maturity. Then it tells you what we're supposed to leave behind and grow past. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. How many sermons do you hear on Sunday that every Sunday is just about repenting from sin? Or how many people do you see that going to the altar crying every single Sunday because they're sinning? Writer says, no, we got to get past that. You want to get past kindergarten? Yep, nope. Number one. Right there. Getting past sinning all the time. Okay. Let's move on. And faith towards God. I thought that was like graduate school. No. The writer says, nope. That's element. That's kindergarten stuff. Mm. Faith towards God? No. That's, that's beginning. Wow. That's beginning stuff. Why? Because how can you... Op- if you entered into the kingdom through faith, how else would you operate in the kingdom? And yet, when we're faced with circumstances, uh, when we're faced with, with toilet paper crisis, Christians freak out. When we're, when, when we're facing, you know, all of a sudden we go to Costco and there's a shortage of salads and we're going, we're going to starve. Right? You know, or, or here's the thing. The pandemic comes. And now we don't want to be around everybody. Really? We didn't close our doors at all. Ever. <laughs> you mean people we've, we've seen come through here get you? That doesn't make sense. So faith towards God? Or, or even now, you know, gas crisis. Faith towards God. Come on, man. It's grow past this stuff. So start laying your hands on your car and go, you know what? Instead of 40 miles to the gallon, this car's going to make it 80, and God's just going to bless my vehicle. Why? Because it's mine. I have a little bit of testimony. that happened the other
2: night. We took a brother home from church, and he saved us in an Angel's camp, but it ended up being 40 minutes past the so, so we, he said, "You mean he lived in a camp
0: by the angels?" <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. So, so this is crazy because you know we, just out of faith, we said we would do it, and, I, and I, he's telling my wife it's going to take two hours, and I'm telling him I know a way when we cut through by Woodward Reservoir that's going to cut off like a half an hour or forty minutes of for that. So we went that way, and um, we got up there probably about an hour and a half, maybe like yeah, an hour or less, and. Uh, after we dropped them off, we went to. We were coming back through Valley Springs, and right as we're leaving Valley Springs, um, her her van starts like sputtering, and and, yes. I'm, and I'm thinking twelve midnight, and I'm thinking oh. and I'm thinking uh, Lord, you know, now's not the time, but but at the same time I'm thinking you know, Lord, give me give me wisdom to do whatever you want. So the first thing I do is I pop the hood and check all. oil. And the oil wasn't low, but it was maybe about half full, so I poured another quart in there just in case. it yeah, and then it started right back up, but it sputtered, and we made it from Valley Springs to home, sputtering, barely idling at the stop sign. Like if I put it in a park, it would die. Yeah. But if I kept it in drive, it kept going. And uh, whew, I told her as soon as, as, soon as it started happening, put the north on. The for <laughs> but, but it didn't stop. But when, when we like, I, am thinking it should have stopped. We hit a train right. in Escond. It was like we had to wait another five or ten minutes dude Right at the worst time, we're just thinking, Lord, no, Lord, Lord, you know. and That's but, not something
0: familiar. <laughs> I, I tell you, one time we were at my, at my brother's church, and there was a young lady who had a car, and it, it it overheated and she had she had driven it all the way there and it overheated bad busted hose everything i mean it just it wouldn't work and so so we were in there and i i don't i was doing something and so you know a bunch of the guys were like well we'll go get it fixed whatever and they You know, they they went over there and they're working on, they're scratching their heads and the car wouldn't start, car wouldn't start and they're getting frustrated and and everything else and they're arguing amongst each other, you know, because this guy knows how to work a car, this guy's knows how to work, they can't figure it out and it's getting 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, right, 11.30 and, and, and it's getting late and she's crying and it's her and her son and she's crying, she doesn't know what to do and nobody, everyone's arguing, everyone's mad at this point, right? So I walked out there and this was on a Wednesday. I think it was a Wednesday night Bible study. I walked out there and I said, what are you guys doing? What, what's, what's all the commotion for? And everyone's mad because they can't figure it out. And then she's crying. She goes, I can't leave my car here. I got I, If I take it home, I can have somebody work on it. But if I leave it here, it's going to get broken into. It's going to get, it's my only car. And so all these guys are arguing. And it was one of those moments, you know, it was like, give me the dumb keys, right? And so I got the keys, I got in and I said, watch it start in Jesus name. And boom, there it goes. We started, drove it to her home, parked it and everything. And, and I, so the guys that were there afterwards, I drove right back and I told them, I said, listen, if you could ever learn to operate from faith instead of operating from negativity and arguing, you'd get more stuff done. And, and it just, well, and you know what? They were, none of them were in agreement. It was just me. But here's the thing, because you go, well, does that make you special? No, I've just been through a whole lot of bad stuff that I learned how to operate from faith. <laughs> how many bad cars have we gone through? You know, how many times did we go broke? How many times have we, you know, it's you know, one of the things me and my wife said, you know, I, I, am, I am a master at starting over. Why? Because we've had to start over so many times. Well, we've lost everything so many times. We've lost our finances so many times. We lost our house. It's like, okay, so what? Let's roll. Amen. Let's do it again. Let's go. We lost our marriage and we started over. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so what? Let's go. It doesn't matter. They literally yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> literally. And so, see, the church is still trying to preach faith. And this writer of scripture says, no, y'all got to get past that at some point in time. You're just going to believe God or not? Let's continue. Verse 2 of the doctrine of baptisms. Multiple. Hebrews 6. 2. So, repentance from dead works, faith towards God, doctrine of baptisms. S. Water baptism, spirit baptism. And there's other more baptisms in Scripture. How about baptism of fire? Tribulation. Actually, it talks about that. Well, you know what? Let's get past all that. Let's get. We should be used to that. You know, the one thing you and I have promised is persecution, not happiness. That's the constitution. I said persecution. That's scriptural. If you in the King James version, the word happiness is one time in Psalms. Other than that, you won't find it in any of scripture. Again, that's the constitution. That's not scripture. God don't care if you're happy trying to make you happy that's an emotion he said i'll give you peace and i'll give you joy i'll give you peace that passes all understanding that's a whole lot better than just have a smile i don't want to smile i don't care if i have a smile you know what i want i want victory you know what i want i want i want to see my family i want to see them restored and redeemed and healed and set free i don't care if i have a smile that don't matter But it's like, Man, it. but it's like just have you know, and, and 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 we have this this thought of this Jesus that's just like this hippie guy. Sometimes he wasn't smiling. Everybody. <laughs> Sometimes he was kicking in doors, and you know what? Because that person needed it. That person needed to be set free. That person needed to be healed. That person, you know. When you hear Jesus yelling at the Pharisees, that was compassion. Because that was truth. Giving them a time to repent. And they chose not to. That was compassion.
1: I mean, the way he would also go on his, off on
0: his disciples too. Man. Yeah. It wasn't
1: even just the Pharisees, the disciples.
0: Like. But you know what? But that... And he would then. And you know what? That was compassion. You know what? Because he knew what was coming. If you don't get ready, you're not going to make it. That's compassion. It wasn't hippie. It's compassion. Okay. Or verse 2, uh, doctrine of baptisms. If it continues, check this one out. Of laying on of hands. Did you know that's kindergarten Christianity? See, we think that's special ministry. Now, writer of scripture says, no, that's kindergarten. You should have learned that with finger painting. Mm -hmm. Laying on of hands. Resurrection of the dead. Of eternal judgment. And this will do if God permits. Right? (laughs) But yet, we, we make it this special thing. And God goes, no. See, disciples, you had a gift. I pulled the gift back. And you couldn't have enough guts to operate from faith. You seen the, you, you seen me feed the 10, the 5,000, the 8,000. You seen me do all these things. And you couldn't operate from faith. Just when, it's, when the going got rough, you couldn't press in and go, oh, no, devil. No, you're not going to stay in the life of this kid. You're going to come out and press in a little bit longer. See, this is the difference many times. See, sometimes you're gonna lay hands on somebody and it's gonna be quick because it's gonna be like a battery. Their energy, your energy, faith is gonna boom and it's just gonna go. But see, it doesn't always happen like that. Sometimes you just gotta live your life and live it holy, live it righteous, be ready, have the word in you. So when you get that call at two in the morning, You're operating from faith and you're speaking life. Because when somebody's screaming on the other side of the phone and they don't know what to do and they're calling you. See, it would really stink if you can't breathe and you're dying and the person you call who you need to go, I need to pray in tongues for 20 minutes, I'll call you back. See, it don't work like that. and you know what? This is why. Okay, we did the acknowledging what is in you. Those are the three minutes. This is the difference, and this this is going to make the difference in all of the world in your in your life. See, it's not about what you do in that moment when somebody approaches you. It's what did you do before that moment came? How did you walk out your life? Are you renewing your mind with the word? See, if you if you get ready when war takes place, it's too late. If you're ready for when it comes, that's a whole different battle. If you live ready, you'll fight ready. Yeah. There was a young man. There was a demon possessed kid in a hallway. And somebody comes up that was on, on, a on an ankle bracelet and needed, you know, sometimes they come in, they need a signature, you know, paperwork and, you know, they're part of this program or whatever. And so this, this kid, I wish I would, man, I wish I would have got the video. Cause I know those owners were like, what in the world is happening out here? Cause here's this kid, like, crawling on a wall you know and you know all these voices are coming out and' we're the, and it was it was it was just him and I and so this guy comes out and he was like he was like hey hey pass Angel on he, he was like whoa right because he sees this kid and and he was like ah oh, dude I just needed a paper sign right <laughs> and so then he, he I was like I'll be I'll be there right now give me a minute and so this was, this was in, in the hallway of my brother's church. And so he's crawling on the wall in a corner trying to get away from me. And all these voices are coming out. And I'm like, man, what am I going to do? This dude needs to go. So this is exactly, I, I'm by myself in the hallway. Because nobody knows I'm even out there. I just went out there to go talk to him. And then this kid, this manifests right here in the middle of this conversation. And so this is exactly what I said. I said, Spirit, shut up and sit down. You're not going to move. You're going to wait until I get back. And I went into the sanctuary. And I got one of our young men, and I said, come here. What? Hey, come here. Just come here. I need you for a second. So he's following me. And he doesn't, I didn't tell him anything. I didn't tell him any, any, anything. But he's con- walking up behind, he's walking behind me. Right? And so we walk up, and, he, and I move out of the way, and he sees this dude, and his face, and his expression, and his growl. And the kid, I, the young man that I brought, sees him, and he goes, whoa! Right? He was like, Dude, Lord God, if I forget, Lord, Lord Jesus right now, if I sin, Lord God, that you forgive me in my sins. Ooh, I lost it. Oh, I lost it in that moment. I, I don't even, I don't even know what I said to him, but I, man, I word whipped that kid. Because I said, listen, get it, get in the sanctuary. I don't, get out of here. If you're going to wait to be ready now, get out of here because you're going, you, you ain't, you're not ready to be a soldier. This ain't no game. This is not a game. The devil ain't playing. He's playing for keeps. It's not about. It's not about. See, religion. You react in the moment. This has got to be a lifestyle for you. You got to have surprise attacks on the enemy. Today I pulled up in our office, and I get there, you know, and I'm just. I, I had. I was doing. We, Brother Curry has a long acknowledging that what is in you. It's forty minutes, and I'm driving. I got an hour and twenty minute drive, anyways. So I'm doing my acknowledging, praying in tongues, going through right. Then I admit somebody called me at six thirty in the morning, ministered to them in the morning, then get on my drive, and I'm I'm getting there. I'm telling you this because this is this is what I learned. From Brother Curry and the leadership staff at JGLM, this is how they live. This is what I learned. This is what I embraced. And this is how I live my life every day. You can ask this woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, you know, here, here's my Bible, and that I have a label on there handwritten Gospel of Mark. So when I'm hand reading it, that's where I sit, and I'm going to read, I'm, I handwrite the Gospel of Mark. You go to my desk over there, and I got my other stuff. I got my books, I got my three by five cards, and I got my scriptures that are there, and everything else. You go up to my bedroom. We have a desk, and on my desk I've got another binder, and I sit there. And every night I'll sit there, and, and which I stopped for a couple of weeks. Brother Vitali said, "The angel, go back and remind yourself." And so I started writing my thoughts down every day. It'd take me eight, min- eight minutes or so, just writing my thoughts. And then I'll put on the top. This is not my thoughts. These are the enemy's lies, and I'm catching you every time. And I'll write it down, go through. Then I'm going. Okay, that's a lie. Here's scripture. That's a lie. This is scripture. And I'm doing this every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, going through every day. So when I when I go to work, because I do work a job, I don't get paid to do none of this. I work a job. So when I get there, there's a there's a guy that said, Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. And I said, oh, okay, cool. I said, well, good. And he goes, well, I'm not doing too good. Why? I hurt my back. I was in the garbage can squishing some stuff. And I, man, it's just been a lot of pain. And, and I went, man, hey, here's Brother Curry's phone number. You know, called Brother <laughs> Curry. And no. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, my back hurts. I said, oh, okay, well, come here. And he was like, what? I said, well, it's, it ain't going to hurt right now. I said, right now, in Jesus' name. Right? But here's the funny part. When I was walking up, he was cussing up a storm. See, because I I haven't seen him in a very long time. So he's just cussing up a storm, right? The moment I didn't let that affect me, you know, it's not like, ooh, you're a sinner. God ain't going to heal you. You need to
1: repent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. You know, it it doesn't even phase me. Doesn't even phase me. Just whatever. (laughs) I don't care. You know, let's clean all that right now, right in Jesus' name. And he just stood and looked at me and he was like, and then all of a sudden he went from cussing and all this stuff and everything else. And he was like, you know, I, you know, God is so good, man. I know it just, you know.
3: <laughs>
0: and here's the thing. Did I, I, I was there for probably five seconds later and I just told him, check it out. Let me know. I walked away. I didn't wait. I don't know. I'm, but here's the thing. I'm fully assuming The next time I I see him, he's going to tell me a story. Why? Because I fully expect it. I'm not not going to wait there and just go, okay. Now, I will always tell people, try it out. But even if I tell you, try it out, I'll always walk away. The call we had earlier today before they got here, the woman with, with cancer and a tumor. All right. She wasn't able to move her arm. She has breast cancer and she has no circulation in her right arm. Spanish-speaking woman, commanded it to go. First time, she said, man, okay, I, it, the pain is a lot less. Okay, let's go again. Man, the pain's a lot less. And the third time, she's crying because she's like, I haven't I, I haven't been able to move my arm. I can move my arm. I said, okay, check to see if you can find the lump. I, I see
1: a lot of people pray for a long time over somebody. Is that necessary? No.
0: Yeah, As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this one out. You never find Jesus ever praying for anybody in the Scriptures.
1: He just
0: spoke, he just spoke yeah. Whatever it meant. yeah and and so back back to this sacred cow real quick but but even you know with her I prayed with her three times and then this' is what I told her hey text me later which I have a text it might be her but I said hey text me later why well because I want her, I want to know how it goes because I fully expect a story and here's here's the other part to it if she texts me and says the pain left but the but the lump is still there. OK, last time we were in Portland when Isaac had had a tumor underneath when, when you and I went. Remember on the drive back when he called that was was that Sunday. And uh, no, it was Monday. He went to the was it Sunday. We drove back Sunday, huh? So he went to the doctor. Ministered to him, to be honest, I don't even remember if I even knew. I think I just, they did. Just, I think his wife just told me he was she was sick. Laid hands on him for healing, not even knowing anything that had a tumor. He had a tumor right here on him, for him. And for a male, that's odd. That's an odd thing, but it does happen. He goes Sunday to go get it checked. Gone. And he calls us while we're driving back from Portland. And so it's like, well, I fully expect it to be gone. Why? Because he's faithful. Why? Because it's settled. The word's settled. So if I I can trust what's settled, then I don't got to argue with it. Now, let's say something's nagging. And, you know, we're laying hands on you. And you go, man, it just, it goes and it comes. Okay, what makes you think the same thing came back? What makes you think it's not a different devil with the same pain? Let's just continue fighting. Let's continue to press in. This is why and this is where in the longevity we don't we're always pressing for now. We're always looking for now. You're always speaking now. He's a now God. Yes, that's true. But if it doesn't happen now, I'm not moving from my position. And so here's the reality someone's stubbornness is going to win. And it's either going to be the enemy's or yours someone and here here here's here's a very special key important key to just as a principle understand this if you can get healing for yourself and not from someone else typically it's it's gonna have a hard time coming back because you beat it if You or somebody comes to you for healing and they couldn't get it for themselves That's typically where we have found that that's They may have a, a harder time Because they had to go for you for it and they couldn't figure out how to get it for them So the double mindedness is still there and the enemy can now he might he will try to take advantage of it it's still an open door. Well, it's just they're double-minded as far as they're they, you know, they're not sure because and this is where they'll they'll people you know. Let, let's say you've laid hands on them, and it's kind of like, well, they got they got your number on speed dial, <laughs> All right? Because you're the security blanket. I have another
2: sacred cow. Not forgiveness.
0: We're gonna go through a lot of sacred cows. Okay. We'll, we'll go through that. Let me finish. I haven't even got to this one. <laughs> I know.
1: Which page that?
0: The same one. We haven't we haven't finished. We haven't finished it. So let me go through this real quick. And so Okay. Remove him, uh, Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. And then here's the sacred crowd, verse 20, that that people use. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Okay. Here's one very simple thing when it has to do with that Bible scripture. That's not in the majority of the Greek texts. One. Okay? So if you go into the original manuscripts, it's not there. Okay? So is that why they can't get a certain demon or whatever out? Well, well, they may say that. Fast, right? Yeah, they may. Yeah, and they'll use that scripture. But that scripture is not in the original text. Okay. Is that
2: scripture also in mark or something,
0: something no like it's something? the only time it's used oh, that now that whole conversation yes Matthew, Matthew. it's only in Matthew that statement is only in Matthew Verse but here's the here's the truth to that statement that can't be there because they came to remember the story they came to actually is it here oh okay yeah okay let's read it is here Matthew 9:14 through 15. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples fast not? Jesus said to them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then they will fast. In other words, as long as I'm alive, they're not fasting. When I'm gone, okay, yeah, they'll fast. So then how could Jesus rebuke them for doing something wrong when he told them not to do it? He told them don't fast, not until I go. So if if Matthew is correct, then he's he's chastising them for something he told them not to do. So why are we fasting now? Now we are fasting because it's the peeling of ourselves. It is the the peeling away of ourselves. See, if you go, I think it's Isaiah 51. I think it's Isaiah. I'm off the top of my head. The scripture that says, "This is the fast that I have chosen," is it 51, 53? Yeah, I read that. In that, in that area of Isaiah. Okay. If you continue to read that whole text of fasting, one of the, it it will go on to. You know, this is the fast that I've chosen that you you know you break you know you break the yoke and all this other stuff. I I don't remember. I don't want to give you an address and then you end up at a wrong house. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Yeah. If you. If you look up Google the statement this is the fast that I've chosen and you'll find it yeah Yeah. Yeah. yeah but but here's here's the key to that here's the key to that where he said this is the fast that I've chosen read it carefully you know what it says when it says you not eating it says the meals you're not eating that you feed those that don't have this is the fast that I've chosen, right? So, you know how we go, well, I, I, can't, I, I can't make a meal. I'm fasting. Well, that's not the fast that he chose. See, this is about the dying of you. This is not you losing weight. That's a different fast. You want to lose weight? Then go fast. That's fine. Your body, it's good for your body. But that's not the fast he chose. 58.5? Five. 5 Yeah. But here's the thing if you continue reading that you know what one, you know what it says if you fast to sway me or move me I he says I reject that Yeah Cuz you know what that's called manipulation. manipulation If you think you're going to twist God's arm by fasting by the time this is why remember Vitaly's conversation This is why people will go on long fasts and get devils. Because you ain't gonna twist God's arm because God has nothing to do with what you're doing. Why did Esther fast? To prepare herself. And but even put it this way all of there's a lot of different ways to fast. The Daniel fast. Okay? All of those are different things. It had nothing to do with twisting God's arm to do something. It was just obedience, submission. They, you know, the it's the heart posture is different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they can be executed.
1: So wait. So we fast
0: to do what again? To to die. To yeah, to dive yourself, because here, here, here's the the the, because like for instance in the New Testament, it says that they prayed and they fasted, right, and then that and then the Holy Spirit speaks and it was like separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work of the ministry, and da, da, da da, and so then we go okay, so then they fasted for direction. Well, you when you're reading Acts, you have to catch this. The church just started they were figuring things out. So some of the stuff that they did in Acts isn't optimal. It was testing and trying. (laughs) They were learning how to do all of this. So if that's like, okay, that's like saying, okay, well, We're going to come and pray. We're going to see if God wants us to go and reach Stockton. So we come and we pray and we fast and and we just bombard heaven, right? And then out of that, because this is the first time that the Holy Spirit ever fell recently. And so out of that says, okay, go send Randy to Stockton. And then we go, oh, that's the way we do it all the time. See, this is the way the church does. Well, that's the way we must do it because in Acts, they did that all the time. Well, here's the reality, okay? They fasted and they prayed, and then, okay, oh, yeah, Paul and Barnabas, for the work of the ministry, separate for them unto me, and they go, okay, well, that's the key then of how to win and how to evangelize the world. No. Here's the reality to the whole situation. They were trying to figure it out, trying to learn, and they weren't hearing what he said. Go unto all nations. But the Holy Spirit was willing to work with a young, early church and go, oh my gosh, okay, fine. Separate from me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work of the ministry. See, it wasn't the law and how to do it. And this is what we do a lot of the times when we read Acts and we just go, it's the law and how to do it. No. You know the law and how to do it? Be obedient. To be obedient to what? Everything, the words of Jesus is... The Supreme Court of the Bible. You got to catch that. So, what Acts is pointing to, what Paul is pointing to, what James is pointing to, it must go back to the words of Jesus. And what did Jesus say? Go. He didn't say pray and fast. They did. Did God have grace on them? Yeah. And God went like when we have kids, it's cute. And God goes, all right, all right. Separate from me, Paul Barnes. Come on, let's get the show on the road. That that you you got to catch that when you're reading fast. the New Testament. The fast is for you. Yeah, it's just dying to self, dying of your desires, dying to the flesh, dying of. I'm Paul says it this way. He says that I will not come under the power of anything. So it's just that submission part. I don't need food to live. I, come on, let's go. Let's roll. Let's go. I'll fast. I'm going to fast. Fasting has a lot of good benefits. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of good health elements to that. But the point of the fasting part is you. It doesn't move God. It's supposed to move you. <laughs> God, I just, I'm, I'm going to put away all the stuff and I'm just going to focus on you right now. But the but the missing of a hamburger don't make you more spiritual. It doesn't. The moving of the hamburger gets you focused. It's the focusing of you to focus on Him and not you, not your natural desires. Okay. Uh, the other sacred cow, Mark nineteen. Well, you know, same thing. Let's go over to, jump over to, for me, we'll go through this real quick, Um, section 5, healing like Jesus, we'll go through this quick here, so we can finish section 5, healing was not a sign, section 5, healing like Jesus, healing was was, was a sign, not a reward, healing was a sign, See, when the first time at work, babe, when you, when you laid hands on that girl, was she Mormon or was she Jehovah's Witness? Mormon. Mormon. First time my wife was like, okay, my husband's crazy, but maybe let's try it at work. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And so she, well, you tell them. Um, so she was such a good worker.
1: I loved working with her. But she wasn't lazy, so when she told me that her wrist was hurting, I was like, oh no, I can't have you hurt, you're just such a good worker, I love working with you. So that's what triggered it, I was like, no, I gotta get this girl healed because she needs to help me. <laughs> and so, um, I was still so scared, and I thought it was odd and weird, you know, that you heal people like that. I thought, you know, you go to the church and <laughs> So anyways, I said, I'm just going to try this out and we'll just see what happens. And so I was like, uh, I'm going to try something out on you. And she's like, yeah, go ahead. And I just like, was like <laughs> I looked at her and I was like, does it feel? And then she, it was, you can see on her face they were still pain. So I was like, oh man. <laughs> so I remember him telling me do it again. So I'm like, man, this is so embarrassing, but I'm gonna do it again. So I said, uh, she was had pain and then so I said, I said, and Jesus made me heal. And so she started twisting it and twisting it, and all of a sudden I could see in her facial expression a different facial expression of awe and oh my gosh. And so I was like, what happened? <laughs> 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 oh 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 the expression <laughs> she was like yeah it's gone i was like are you sure yeah like yeah you're real and she's like yeah I and i went on and she helped me it was gone and then on her instagram she did but she said the whole story of
0: everything. so she's a mormon she gets home she does an instagram video and says, this Christian girl at work, my friend, laid hands on me and God, Jesus healed me. And that was my first
2: oh, wow. time. Oh, that's like making
1: the action of actually saying, here, let me pray for you to be healed. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so
1: that was pretty
0: cool. Yeah, so it was, it, it was a sign. A sign of what? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Faith. God was there. Yeah. You. yeah. you know. Uh, there was a, a a Muslim woman that when, when COVID hit, and nobody wanted to go and nobody wanted to go in the room, and so my wife goes, then I'll switch. Give me all the COVID patients. Give me all the sick patients. I'll swap with you. And so they were like, okay, here, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. and they gave it to her. And one, you know, the first time, but I think nobody, she, she the, there was a Muslim woman. She didn't say anything. She just gave her the patients. And then the next day, or two days later, was it? Yeah. It was two days later. There was another couple patients. Now she worked, she worked, she she worked in, in uh, elder care. And so now there was two or three more other people, patients that were sick now, and they didn't want nobody wanted to go in there, and they were arguing because nobody wanted to go in there. So here's my wife. Give me that, give me your patients. I'll give you my well patients, give me your sick patients. Well, this Muslim woman comes up to her on the Friday. And so, and so she catches her in the room, and she says, "I, I, I need to ask you something. What? Why were you taking those sick people? Why were you willing to take every single one of them?" And she said, "I, I, I, why?" And then,
1: well, the whole time, you know, since COVID started, um, of course there was a, an element of fear, right? I mean, come on, there was, it was there, and all I kept thinking to myself was like. I remember that Jesus would walk into cities with people wow. that were full of leprosy, mm. and I don't remember.
0: Anymore. All right. Okay, that one's on. All right. Okay. All right. Um, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you. Lord God, we just thank you for the opportunity to be here and just share your word. Lord God, that you lead us. Lord God, as we've been watching these, watching the videos and going through the manual. Father, that you can just enlighten us through the scriptures. Lord God, That uh, that we can grasp it as not just like words on a page but that we understand that this is truth, that your word is truth. Lord God, to not just learn something of theology, Lord God, because that's so useless. Lord God, but that we can learn something that we can use for ourselves and to be able to bless others because that's what this whole purpose is about. Lord God, is that we can be light, Lord God, that we can be light to a very dark world. And we thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to be able to train and equip and be with one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, okay all right so we left off on we kind of went through we finished through as far as the section 4 I just want to as we're going into section 5 I kind of skimmed through it a little bit I want to take a hit look, section 5 a little bit and then go on to section 6 uh, talking about sacred cows and so, but this is a, if in in your Bible, this is a very important text. And so, Acts 10.38 is a very important scripture. And so, you, you when you're, okay, we're getting into now at several weeks. Now, I'll say it this way. When you start diving into truth, the last thing the enemy wants from you is to know that you're you're getting it, you're understanding it because you become a threat. It's
1: it's